Hi, welcome to Parenting the Adlerian Way. I'm your host, Adlerian family counselor and parenting expert, Allison Schaefer. Each week, I answer your burning parenting questions to help reduce the stress of parenting one tip at a time. We'll explore Adlerian psychology together and learn methods of child guidance for raising a happy, confident, capable, resilient child. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hi, it's Allison. Welcome back to the podcast. I have another guest interview. Today I'm bringing you Douglas Price. Now, Douglas is an award-winning teacher entrepreneur and a writer from London, Ontario. He holds a master's from the Royal Conservatoire of Scotland, and he is the founder of tutorials.com, an online catalog of music lessons for musical theater performers. He inaugurated the position of head of music at the National Theatre School of Canada, where he, and this is where this gets so interesting, I can't wait to dive into this, where, because you think I'm going to talk to you about kids and music, don't you? Mm-mm. Well, This is where he started a finance course for artists called Smart Money Canada. Smart, like S-M, capital A, capital R, capital T. Do you get that? See what he did there? Smart Money Canada. And after teaching it for four years, he decided to restructure the course into a personal finance book for high school students, which he's just recently released and we're going to dig into. The title of this book, hold your hats here, parents. The title of the book is 17 to Millionaire. So if you have a teenager who wants to be a millionaire and you wouldn't mind them supporting you in old age. This is the book for you. And this is the interview for you to be listening to. So Doug, welcome to the podcast. Allison, thank you so much for being here. I am so excited. Thank you for having me. I come from a theater family and uh, I'm pretty sure they didn't have finance courses when we did theater. And uh, where were you? Where were you when I was 17? Because uh, I, I, I needed this information much earlier. How does one decide to pitch to a theater school that they need these positions that you've did. You're, you're clearly an entrepreneur and a visionary in the first place. So how, how did that come down? 
That's a great question. And I'm, I'm actually thrilled we're starting there. So yeah, my background is music and I'm a music teacher. But when I was at the National Theater School, I recognized that we were teaching our artists how to get a job, but we weren't teaching them what to do with the money after they got the job. And I thought, huh, there seems to be a gap here. So I actually took about six months and I read every single book I could get my hands on. I like took courses. I watched YouTube. I asked so many different um, people in the finance finance industry, and I learned as much as I possibly could. And then I walked into my boss's office, and I put a stack of books on her desk, and I said, "Look, I'm not an expert, but I know this much, and I think I know enough to create a small course, just four 90 minute lectures uh, on finances for artists." And she gave me the green light. We did it the first year as a pilot project. It went so well. The following year, it became mandatory for all graduating students, and it expanded to six lectures. And so even though since then I've actually left the school, I actually still teach it, and it's still going. And now, with the school's blessing, we've actually made it available to artists across the Canada. Uh, sorry, across Canada. So people can go to smartmoneycanada.ca, and they can actually take the course. I know, I know that's not what we're going to dive into today. We're going to talk I love that you've got that. I love that you've got that product out there. And what? So what? What an interesting that you saw this gap in the market. But did you yourself, working in the art field, sort of have had to figure money out, or were you just going like, I need another course in the curriculum? I I did. You know, I came from as a kid, my parents did talk to me about finances quite a bit. And so that was great. So I knew a little bit, I kind of had a starting point, but certainly not enough to teach it. So I had to go on this kind of intense six months, I'm going to teach myself, here we go, I'm going to ask a lot of questions. I'm going to buy books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Wealthy Barber, I'm going to, you know, get all that great information. And I'm just going to kind of try to download it to my brain and then try to create lesson plans that hopefully make it easy for artists to understand. Well, uh, amazing. So I have to tell you, you know, in my family of origin, my parents were great at many, many things. I, I, I adore my parents. I feel like I had quite a blessed childhood, so I don't mean to slam them. But, you know, as parents, your, your strong suit isn't everything. Uh, very totally. good at cooking, very good at, uh, you know, raising us to be good emotional kids that were compassionate and cooperative, uh, <laughs> you know. But, oh, my word, my parents were a train wreck with money, a train wreck with money. And so not only did I not get skills uh, around finances at all, I, I would say I probably took it a step farther where I, became, I actually became sort of fearful of money. And so... Yeah, yeah. Even going, this is like, this book was like a little, I almost needed a trigger warning reading your book. I'm not going <laughs> to lie because I would, because of course, as an adult, I mean, I'm almost 60. I obviously have, and I'm an, I'm have a sole proprietorship with my company. It's actually incorporated. So I have to go meet with my accountants and I have to go meet with my financial people. And I am like a deer in the headlight. I can feel my cortisol levels go. I'm just like, I'm almost numbed from being able to, I'm like a, a shareholder loan. Uh, um, I, I, and it's, I go into panic. And so it's only been in the last couple of years where I've decided I can't let money be triggering for me. I need to figure this out and stop having this negative relationship with with money as a professional that I am. So I was so thrilled to read your book. And, and we're going to get into the, the contents of this and why people should, should buy it and who needs to read it. But I just want awesome. you to know, I'm not 17. I needed to read it. Um, I, you know, I felt that it was the information was coming at it in the way that somebody like me, who's a bit shell shocked from all of this could really understand and ingest. So maybe uh, that makes me stupid as a 17 year old, but I no. want you to know I was very happy reading it. 
Awesome. Awesome. No, honestly, Allison, I think you are part of the majority. I think some of this information is very, very complex. I think right now it's not... Uh, it's not widely taught in high schools. I will say there are some high schools and some teachers across the country that are trying to make it happen. And I'm a huge uh, advocate for that. I, I'm definitely a cheerleader for that. Um, but lots of them, I don't know, when you were in high school, did you get any? any? No, I, I did not. Um, I know that my daughters were in a program in middle school. My daughters are now 27, 28. But I know that they did have this little in-class competition where they were following like stocks and bonds and things and they could start with X amount of money. And then there was an award for whoever got their money to Im- increase the most over the over the course. But I don't think they got a lot into the actual details my kids never came home talking about any of that stuff i've ne- that's not part of uh their I, they've they've now because again they didn't learn it from me but they are now um uh I, I know from some of their practices way better they've already are doing some of the principles in your book their their dad was better than money i'm, I'm divorced but he's kind of overseeing that and and they're yeah. listening to podcasts and reading books so, so they are getting self-educated but yeah i'm i'm the the sad missing link because i couldn't pass that baton down what what age no, that's okay. Right age. What age? I mean, really, what age? I, I talk to parents about putting kids on allowance. I talk to parents about budgeting and, and talking about needs versus wants, like from a parenting perspective. But like, wh- wh- how do we start young with kids on the kind of stuff that you're talking about? Absolutely. I mean, so my book really focuses on 17 year olds. I mean, the book is called 17 to Millionaire. And the reason why I did that was because I really wanted the reader to feel like they were part of the club. Like, as in, if you're 18, no, the book's not for you. If you're 16, the book's not for you. Now, of course, between you and me, Allison, I mean, as you mentioned, you you know, you enjoyed the book. You learned some some things. Fantastic. So really, anybody can read it. But I really wanted to... I really wanted to focus on a specific age. It's grade 12 students. And that was important to me because when you're in grade 12, you're thinking about university uh, and you're so, and you're thinking about graduation. So you're starting to think, oh yeah, money, this thing. And you're starting to take ownership of your own life. You're becoming independent. You're kind of moving into that phase of life. And that just seemed like the right age to go, hey, maybe we should start thinking about this. Also, conveniently, at 18 in most provinces across Canada and uh, the territories, the uh, at 18 you can open a tax-free savings account. So, and I talk extensively about that. So, you're 17 right you're right now, but I want you to think about what's going to happen as soon as you turn 18, and I want you to be as prepared as possible for it, so that once you turn 18 and these tools that are available to us, these financial tools, you can start taking advantage of them as soon as possible because you understand how they work. So that's why the the book is specifically written for the age 17. And as far as we know, there's never, ever been a personal finance book that's ever been written for a specific age of a specific nationality. So we do have books that are like the teen's guide to money or or the you know uh, uh talking to to kids about money or or money for kids and it's a book specifically written for for kids but it doesn't outline a specific age group and and it's my theory we're going to see if it works but it's my theory that by defining the age when 
a 17 year old gets to see that book and goes, Hey, that's me. Like, and the subtitle of the book is you're 17, you're Canadian. You want to be rich. Let's do this. And of course, up in Canada, we get a huge amount of American books coming up and certainly there is crossover, but I really felt, you know what, let's get really specific here. So 17 Canadian want to be rich. Let's do this. This is the book. Yeah. Well, to your point, I mean, I'm actually dual citizenship and as such, I'm not allowed to have a tax-free savings account, but that doesn't mean my kids can't. Um, But but to your point about specificity, I mean, you actually put in like the filing dates and, and, you know, like things that are really uh, true to the Canadian market. Now explaining, uh, you know, some of the the dictionary of terms and some of those things would be um, applicable to our American audience that's listening here too, but every country has their own, their, their own guidelines. And so, and I think you're right, too, because teens are um, uh, thing they want to learn and engage with things that are relevant to their lives. And if you hit them too early, they don't care because that's happening later. That's in the future. And, if, you know, if you if you miss the, 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 the window of time, they're like, ah, you know, don't talk to me like I'm a baby. That's in the past. And Absolutely. I think you're right. 17 is a pretty great. 12 is a pretty special number. They 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 really are wanting to engage with this. It's all change. It's all about to change. Right. They really are adulting and they, they know very well they're going to be putting that other foot into adulthood and um, and money is on their mind. 100%. And Allison, just two quick thoughts to that. One is that uh, we know that as uh, when we get to 17, 18, 19, like 17, 18, 19 year olds, they don't want to read a teen's guide to anything because teen's guide is kind of like 13, 14. Like by that point, they don't want to be considered a teenager. They want to be considered an adult now, right? They want to move forward. They want to be pulled into adulthood. So uh, so that's part of the reason why, why we focused on 17. And then also to your point, I am happy to share on your podcast, especially with your American listeners, that the goal right now, one year from now, the plan is to put out, you're 17, you're American, you want to be rich, let's do this. So it will be an American version of 17 to Millionaire, and all the concepts in it will be written and readjusted. And I'm, I'm actually starting with a blank slate. So even though there's lots of crossover with the Canadian market, Right now, I'm in talks with a lot of American financial consultants right now. I myself am learning things about the American system so that similar to what I did with the Canadian version of the book, I can break it down and try to present it in a way that is going to be as um, as engaging and fun uh, as possible for the 17-year-old American. So, uh, so you can look for that in about a year, year and a half from now, sometime within that time frame. Uh, fan, uh, fantastic. That's that's a that's a great offering. I think you're going to do really well with this. And can I just also let parents know there's very, very funny YouTube videos. I was like, like, so you're a music teacher and an author and a financier and a stand up comic, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> oh, it, thank you. Voice, well, the kids should watch the video first. I mean, your voice very much comes through in your writing like you're the book. The book is an easy read. It's a funny read. Uh, you don't get overwhelmed. Even there's like lots of white space. Even you know how like kids are so used to texting. They don't if you see a block of if they see a block of paragraph, they're like, that's too much, too many words. I'm, I'm doing something else. This is, it's just, it's laid out with a, a lot of consideration. Oh, thank you so much for saying that. You know what? The the typeset, like how the words are laid out on the page was something that was really, really important to me in that I want the 17-year-old to have a fantastic experience reading the book. I want them to be able to read it quickly. In fact, the um, on average, it takes a 17-year-old just under three hours to read the entire thing. 
And, and that was really important. We timed that. We asked our test readers to time it. And in terms of laying it out, there's not a single paragraph that's longer than three sentences. Very carefully, purposefully done because we do want them to constantly feel like they're progressing. So by having these small paragraphs, these one-liners, this quick kind of witty banter with the reader, uh, I'm I'm hopeful that they can read it quickly and therefore constantly feel like they're progressing, which ideally they they will be throughout the book. So, yeah. And at the end, it really I like that. It's also very directive, you know, like at the end, you literally say, OK, so here's what's going to happen. You're going to turn 18. You're going to go to the bank. You're going to make an appointment. You're going to ask for one of these. Like it's like with tick boxes. This is like, we're, <laughs> by the way, follow this. And I, you know, and I guarantee you a million dollars. Yeah, 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 that's right. And I, I, I should probably say, too, it's not a, it's not a get rich quick book. Not right. at all. So I, oh my gosh. I definitely wouldn't want want any any of your listeners to think, oh, this is a you know, a, you can get rich at seventeen. It's definitely not that. It it really is a a book that is designed to outline the tools that we can leverage uh, in order to start creating wealth at a young age. That's that's really what it's about. So kind of going, what are these tools that we we talk about? Like what what is saving for retirement and how does that work? And actually the the financial industries in and the and our financial financial institutions in uh, uh like across North America, uh they they offer ways to do that. But we have to understand how the tools work in order to be able to make them work for us. And that's what the book is about. Because otherwise, and this is why, you know, I I was interested in digging into the content, the kids, the 17 year olds that want to become a millionaire by not going to school, not investing their money, they just want to become famous by being an influencer and, uh, you know, make $20,000 endorsing some kind of mascara or whatever. And there are a lot of kids that don't want to do the work, that don't want to build the intelligence, that don't want to develop the muscle, the discipline, the compounding, um, the research that that you're uh, suggesting. Um, so I love that it's it's laid out as ultimately doable and that it's 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 within everybody's reach if you are strategic, right? Right, And like, I, I you, I'll toss this back to you because it's your language. Two things that That's I love, right. um, this is to give people a flavor of how you teach. So one, for example, is you taught, you use the metaphor of a Tim Hortons mixed Timbit box. Okay, talk about <laughs> Canadian. What are you going to do in America? You're going to have to find some other donut chain that has uh, the assorted uh, donut mix. So, so talk about that as a choice of a metaphor, because I totally got it when you use that. Oh, amazing. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, that so so I talk about a box of Timbits when we're talking about funds. So when we're talking about mutual funds or exchange traded funds, index funds, that kind of thing. And the way I the way I present it in the book is that we want to think of a fund, like like a mutual fund, as kind of like a box of Timbits. And so if you get the assorted flavor pack at Tim Hortons, then you then you're gonna get a little piece of a bunch of different donuts rather than say buying the entire Boston cream or the entire vanilla dip donut. And so and what happens is you get a tiny little piece of all these different donuts, and then they put them in a box and then they sell you the box. And the, and we think we can think of the box as a fund. And I'm Comparing that to uh, buying a fund where within the fund, there's a number of different companies that you're invested in. And so that would be the difference between buying a fund where you're, where you're by default, you are diversifying automatically and you're investing in a bunch of different companies versus, say, buying a stock where you're investing only in a singular company. So that's the comparison I'm trying to make. The The single donut would be you're committing to the Boston cream versus buying a box of Timbits where you're diversifying your money and you're buying a tiny little morsel of a bunch of different companies.
You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I love that. And the other one I thought was so smart too. Again, not that I'm going to have you give all the contents of the book, but just to give no, an example of how you, how, how you engage your, your 17 year old reader and apparently your six year old uh, uh, woman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you talk about um, uh, using the the comparison to um, r- 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 risk and slopes of, of ski slope. And a lot of people, again, here's the Canadians because uh, we like to ski. We, we've got our Rocky Mountains. So you talk about the, the, the three, um, the codification for ski hills, right? Black diamond. Yeah. Yeah. So share that part. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I want to talk about like in the, in the book, it's, um, it's really valuable to talk about risk management and, and also assessing our own risk as individuals, like at what, what do we want to invest in that allows us to sleep at night? And also how quickly in the book, I talk about the, the, the financial goal being a million dollars, right? So I'm, I'm trying to entice the, the students to read the book by kind of presenting that as, as a potential goal. But of course, everyone has, has different goals. But in terms of the risk management and comparing it to ski slopes, I do. I discuss how when, we, when you go skiing, you have three different kinds of slopes. You have the green circle slope, which is going to get you to the bottom of the hill. So our goal is to get to the bottom of the hill, which would be compared to, say, hitting a million dollars, let's say. Um, a net worth of a million dollars. So how how are, are we going to get there? Slow and steady or fast and riskier? So one way to get there is taking the green circle. And so it's nice and slow and steady and risk-free. You're probably not going to wipe out. You're probably not going to lose any money, but it's going to take you a while to get to the bottom of, bottom of the hill, which is your destination, your goal of a million dollars. And I compare that to as though we were investing in in bonds or GICs, so something that's relatively safe. And again, this is a very general comparison. There are exceptions to all these rules, but but a very general comparison, just a way of thinking about it and kind of getting started. And then I compare the blue square ski slope. So this is the blue square for anyone who's not a skier. This is a little bit riskier. It is um, uh, you you might fall, you know, you could fall, but if you've got some skiing experience, you'll probably be okay. And I compare that to funds. And so you are investing in different companies and and you're diversifying your money. And then finally, the risky one, uh, it would be the black diamond. So the black diamond ski slope, you can get to the bottom of the hill very, very fast. It's a steep ski slope, but of course that comes with more risk. So there is more chance of you wiping out or, uh, or um, doing a it's a yard sale wipeout, right? Which is where all the pieces of, of your skis fall off and go scattering across the, the ski hill. And I think in the book, I even say, ouch. Like, um, and and as a result, so vesting, investing in stocks, much, much higher risk, but also has the potential to reach millionaire status 
uh, a lot faster. So again, it's just comparing the different ways we can invest and also using the ski slopes as kind of a different way to think about it. And I do actually talk about the double black diamond. At one point, I put a little PS for uh, for anyone who is kind of an avid skier. And I suggest that a double black diamond might be compared to, say, shorting a stock, where actually the amount of money you can lose is, is an infinite amount. I don't go too deeply into that, but I did have a couple of our test readers. So when we when we when I wrote the book, I had a number of test readers on it, uh, over fifty actually, and and a couple of them said, "Yeah, but Doug, what about the double black diamond ski slope?" And so I thought, "Okay, I'll I'll give that a thought, and I'll I'll, I'll offer that as a little tidbit." There must be a subcategory of seventeen-year-olds or who are just like. Go big or go home. Their 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 dopamine receptors in their brain are still into full thrill seeking. <laughs> sure. So we we've talked about why this why I enjoyed reading the book and for me because I was such a neophyte on on finances and how it's so sculpted to engage a seventeen year old and really great information presented so well. But why if if you've got a kid who's not going to pick up a book at all or they don't they're telling you that they don't care about money or they, or frankly they don't want to hear anything from their parent. What what would be the value in a parent picking up this book even if their child didn't read it? That's a great question, Allison. So I do have two thoughts on that. My first thought is that in my experience so far, kids who are not interested in money, once they start reading, if they can read the first chapter, ideally we've got them hooked. And the reason why is because I don't know if you I'm I'm sure you noticed this when you were when you were reading it. In the first chapter, it's very, very short. And I just say, hey, you're probably not interested in this. I know that money and finances is boring, but here, let's make a deal. So the reader makes a deal with the author and the author says, read to page 55, just get to that point. It's going to take you approximately 29 minutes to get there. And I, and we know that because I had all the test readers time how long it took. And we took the average number, 52 test readers timed it. And, and we took the average number, 29 minutes for the first 55 pages. And then I say, you know what? If after 55 pages, you're not interested, okay, that's fair. Like, I appreciate you gave it a good shot. It, within the first 55 pages, I outline how they can go from almost nothing or like a very, very small allowance, making a tiny little bit of money to being a millionaire within like, uh, and this is, we're talking about like a decade before they would retire. So again, not a get rich quick uh, book. However, it gives them the tools to understand how to build wealth, which is essential with this. Uh, so yeah, so that's, that's really what I, I would, I would say. The other thing that I would say is as a parent, we know that, and maybe you can, can, you know, attest to this. We know that as parents, talking to finance, talking to teenagers about money can be awkward. Like it can be tricky and difficult. And what this book tries to do is it tries to bridge the gap and it tries to bridge that conversation. And we, I think that a lot of the reason why parents have difficulty talking to their kids about money is because, well, teaching money can be difficult. It can be boring. And then also as a parent, if you don't know that much yourself, 
then it can create a weakness or perhaps a gap in your own knowledge. So you start talking to your teenager about money. They might have questions, but then you're not sure how to answer that question. And that can be difficult, but maybe as a parent, you feel you should have a better relationship with money. So anyway, so it presents weaknesses and this is uncomfortable and, and difficult. And what the book does is it flips that around. So we give agency to the reader. There's actually three chapters that are carefully placed in the book that outline how the teenager can open up the conversation with the parent instead of the other way around. So we present certain information to the reader, the 17-year-old, and then we say, hey, this is how you can open up the conversation with your parents. Say this, say this, say this. And this is going to be, uh, it's going to come across unthreatening. It's going to come across very gentle and engaging and hopefully it's going to lead to a positive conversation. Ultimately, at the end of the day, Allison, the hope is that parents and their teenagers can open up the conversation. Because in my experience now with my students, they have told me again and again and again that once they were brave enough to open up that conversation, it was awkward at first, but ultimately it led the parent and the student together, putting the student on the path to uh, to building wealth. So I figure that's why I wanted to encourage it because even if it's an awkward conversation, if it's ultimately going to get the teenager on a path to building wealth for themselves and understanding money, uh, sometimes perhaps even better than their parents and who doesn't what parent doesn't want their kid knowing more more about money than they do, then then I think it's worth it. Yeah, well, you know, I, I often say to parents, it's better to have an awkward conversation than no conversation, whether that's about money or sex or whatever. Like nobody, it, it, many parents don't feel prepared because they think they have to be perfect or know everything. And it's okay to it's okay to stumble through uh, some of these. If and especially if you say the content of the book is the expert, so we're we're not going to go too far off the rails. We now have some really good reference material for for that's you know up to date, ready to go, accurate. It's not overwhelming. That that's exactly it. And again, Allison, maybe you, you can attest to this because I know you read it. And as a, as a parent, do you feel that by reading the book yourself, it it may or may not have prepared you if you had a seventeen year old? Oh, I feel so, oh, I feel so much more prepared. I feel more prepared just to, to speak to my accountant. And I, <laughs> oh, great! Oh, I'm so thrilled! I'm so thrilled! Yeah, because like it is. I mean, yeah. I do. I do think that. Um, uh, that, that one of, you know, if I had to be like the marketing manager for finance, I would say like, you know, could you like change the names? They're really unfriendly, but anyway, you get, you kind of get over that. You do have to learn a different language. And, um, uh, you know, these are words that have been tossed around that you kind of know that are in the, the vernacular, but to not know what they are, you do feel like everyone's talking over your head and you're just feelings of inferiority come up and you, it's just really hard to sort of settle down to say, this is teachable. I mean, I, I have a degree in kinesiology. I learned, you know, 206 bones of the body. I mean, I'm pretty sure I could figure this out. <laughs> I could figure this out if I got over my mental baggage. Absolutely. And in fact, uh, in, in fact, it's that relationship that we all sort of feel like we should have with money or we should be, be kind of bettering our relationship with money. So as I was doing research for the book, I kept asking, why is it not taught? Why were we not taught? And the conclusion I just kept coming to was twofold. One is that it's very, very difficult to teach. And two, it's very, very difficult to learn. And as teachers, when we try to teach something that is difficult to learn, there has to be a certain order that we teach it in. Now we have, as as 
for, for instance, math teachers, we have, we have, as a species, we have about a thousand years of teaching math. We know that you go addition, then you go subtraction, then you go multiplication, then you go division. Like we know the order in which we're teach, we have to teach the material so that the student understands. But we don't have the same thing when it comes to understanding these complex financial products and, and services. So, so I really felt it was my job as the writer and the teacher to go, okay, how can we break down, well, first of all, how, what is the right order that we need to go in here so that uh, so that we are constantly, we, we feel like we're learning, we are enticed, it's entertaining, it's fun to learn, it's almost like as the author, I'm trying to pull the, the reader towards the end of the book. And so what I try to do is I in each chapter, I try to present certain pieces of information. And then what I try to do is I try to anticipate what their question will be once they've learned those pieces of information. And then it's my job to go, okay, hey, you probably have a question about this. And nine times out of 10, they do. And that's what leads us into the next chapter. So yeah, very, very difficult to learn and very difficult to teach. And I think that's why it's not as readily taught uh, in, in our school system. And that's kind of what I felt my responsibility was, was to figure out the order and then break it down into these bite-sized morsels. And I, I, I will say, so the, the book went through 21 drafts. We had 52 test readers, 21 drafts. And at this point, Allison, I mean, did 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 I get it right? I I, I don't know, but it's the farthest away from wrong I can possibly get it. <laughs> That's that is amazing. Um, so now that you've told me about how you paid attention to the structure, that kind of answers my question because I did think it was fascinating that the that the information on budgeting was way at the back of the book, and I thought, oh my gosh, like I would normally start with budgeting, and then I thought it's a lot easier to get a kid to live on a budget if you know you're going to be a millionaire because you've just convinced them that their money actually means something. I thought that's brilliant. That's brilliant. That's of course that's the way the better way to do it. And I also appreciate that you you spend time yeah, not that the kids have to do math, but you do you have simple math so that you really are showing them about compounding. You're you know you're, you're showing them how the the how and why the the math works in the long run. Um and I know that those concepts have to be spelt out just a little bit more, more slowly. You can't just sort of say, you know, take my word on it like you you, you have to kind of show them how oh yeah, look, that number now grows. Wait, now. So anyways, I, I thought it was just approached so, so well. And um, thank you. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate those comments. That, that that means a lot to me. Thank you. So now you can tell people there was a 52 17 year olds and a, and a 59 year old test reader. And <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. And I didn't and I didn't submit any edits. I thought it was just bang on just the, just uh, the way that it was. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. You know, and, the, the book is really designed to be a tool, right? It is designed to be for, for any reader. I mean, ultimately, it's written for a 17-year-old, but but I just kept thinking the whole process. So the writing process, it took me two years to write the book. And the entire time, I just kept thinking, is this genuinely going to be helpful? And if it's not helpful, we delete it from the book. And I, I just kept coming back to is it actually helpful? Is it actually helpful? And with with my test readers, a huge shout out to them because they were absolutely fantastic. And I'm so thrilled. We had test readers all across the country and they had to answer a bunch of different questions. We got over 3000 comments in total and the questions were specifically about their experience. So it wasn't like a retention based questionnaire. It was always about 
What did you, uh, when were you bored? What did you not like? What did you not understand? They, the questions always skewed towards a negative bias, which was really important to me because I wanted them to tell me where, well, I wanted them to tell me where the book sucked, basically. And, um, <laughs> that's and they, the part you want to fix, not the part exactly, that's working. Yeah. Exactly. And they definitely did. So, you know, I, I, every opportunity you get, I, I get, I really, um, it's important that I give a big shout out to them because their, their feedback is really what pushed me to make this book as good as I possibly could. You know, I find that um, uh, where parents, again, get into some issues with their kids, it doesn't necessarily matter what the topic is, whether it's money or hygiene or their girlfriend or their homework and their marks, whatever it might be. Sometimes the parent-child relationship is already sort of fraught with issues of power and control and micromanagement. And, and so sometimes that existing relationship interferes um, with, with how a kid is, is managing their autonomy and their decision making or whatever. And so I often recommend to parents, you know, get a third outside third party. Kids will often hear it better. You know, it's the doctor who's saying that you need to do this. You know, it's the, it's the dentist who's saying you need to do this. Um, it's your coach who's saying it would be better if you, whatever. Um, and so they seem to be able to almost hear it from better from, from anybody other than us. And so uh, again, as I was going through this, I thought, like, yeah, I mean, if, if, if a parent tells their child, you know, you got to file your taxes or did you get your notice of assessment? It's going to look like nagging. It's going to look like definitely right. As opposed to the way it's poised in the book, which is like, you now have this adulting manual that's telling you like, how do, how do I run my life? I don't need to go to my parents. Or if they ask me, I'm going to be able to say, yeah, I did. I'm already on the third checklist. Yeah. You know, I, I, which, so, so it's like having a, a, a foot up on adulting. And um, so I, I think it's going to resonate with, with the youth that way too. Thank you so much. Yeah. For saying that. I, I totally agree. I mean, I think of like, um like my, my dad plays piano, for instance, but I would never, and, and I play piano as well. And I took piano lessons growing up, but I would never want my dad to be my piano teacher. I think that would like, so, so to your point, I think it is helpful to have that third party, uh, uh, that third party make that suggestion or make that comment or give that instruction so that yeah. the parent can just be the parent right, and, and, be, uh, and be in awe of their child learning and developing themselves. Exactly. It, that, that's exactly it. And, and with the book, not, not only is the book designed to try to go, Hey, it would be really good if you did this, 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 and this, but also how awesome will you feel when you do this, 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 and this. And I really do think as a teacher for me, I, I really believe that when it comes to teaching, it's not just about getting a student to learn, but it's about getting a student to want to learn. And that's what I try to do in the book. I really try to present an opportunity for the student rather than, oh, geez, you know, here's just another book that this, the teenager needs to read. No, it's actually, hey, this could be really awesome and you can actually do this and I'm going to... I'm, you know, I'm going to come with you on this, on this whole journey. And that's why on the title of the book, the title of the book, the subtitle was very carefully thought through in that the subtitle is you're 17, you're Canadian, you want to be rich, but then let's, 
do this. And that was really important rather than you're going to do it. No, no. The entire book is designed to be an experience for the reader. So as the author, I go, hey, come with me. Let's hang out. You know, let's let's have a coffee or a hot chocolate or something. And let's talk about what are all these kind of complicated things. They don't have to be that complicated. These are some ridiculous terms that people use to sound smart. What do they actually, you know, what, what do they actually mean? Let's break it down in a way that is not infantilizing but rather it is engaging and it's supportive and it's encouraging. And I want the reader to feel like, wow, heck yeah, I, I actually can do this. Like money does not have to be as scary as it, as it was bringing our conversation full circle, right? It doesn't have to be as scary as I thought it was. And uh, yeah, I can actually do this. Yeah, it's yeah. I, I think t- to your point that, that the feeling of, um, feeling motivated, having positive emotion. We know that positive emotion leads behavior. We want to behave in ways that make us feel good. And so I definitely, you definitely struck the, 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 uh, the chord there. Well, I I really want people to be encouraged to pick up this book, pick it up for your child, pick it up for yourself. I'm pretty sure if it's sitting around on a coffee table, people are going to be, the title alone is going to make uh, people (laughs) be curious about it. Um, Is there anything else you want to make sure that parents know before we, uh, before we wrap up? Yeah, Allison, I mean, like, thank you again for having me. I think my message to parents would be the the conversation about money with your teenager doesn't have to be awkward. It doesn't have to be difficult, but it is helpful to have tools that that can support the conversation. And that is what this book is designed to do. It is designed to bridge that conversation between between parent and teenager. And my my hope, and it seems to be working, our test readers love it. My hope is that the the book will continue to engage and support and act as a fantastic tool to help young people make smart decisions with their money. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, where can people find the book, find you, find more? Take take the floor and do some shameless pitching here. Absolutely. Okay. So uh, so people can follow us on Instagram. We're at uh, 17 to millionaire, but this time it's 17 and then T-O millionaire. So 17 T-O millionaire. And then, uh, and then you can check out the website. And this time it's www.17tomillionaire.com, all written out. However, if you plug in 172millionaire.com, you'll definitely find it. And actually, there's links right on the website. Uh, they'll take you to Amazon. And the book is, is available on Amazon right now. And if I may, Allison, uh, as of yesterday... Uh, 17 to Millionaire was a number one bestseller uh, on Amazon in financial textbooks, which is both awesome, but I should stress it's it's really a finance book. It's not really a textbook. It's a it's a book. We try to keep it exciting, but still, I'll take it. And I mean, uh, yeah, I'm really, really exciting about what, that. What really an excited. accolade. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank I, you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Well, you, you. you put you put two years of your life and and had to sit through 50 to people giving you criticism. I mean, people don't know the sweat, sweat and tears that go into making a contribution to society like this. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm glad. I'm so, I'm so glad that you're seeing your baby be recognized and birthed out into the world. That's, that's so great. So, so thank great. you. Thank you so much. You know, it's comments like that, that, that just make the last two years of you're right. Very, very difficult work. It, it makes it worth it. So thank you so much. And, and yeah, what will make it even more worth it is knowing that it is helping people. That's really the point. So thank you. Thank you. 
So all you millionaire children, don't forget, is there, a, is there like a little clause in the book that says the last thing that you should do is give me 10% of all the money that you made to thank me for... <laughs> I do. I do suggest at some point that you know, once once your teenager becomes a millionaire, um, I'm definitely hoping that they call me and take me in, in like for a spin in whatever fancy car they have. Like, hey, I, I'm down for that. That good a personal a personal thank you when they hit the million dollar mark. I love that. Exactly. exactly. I, I love that. Oh my gosh. Well, Doug, it's been a pleasure to speak with you and to get to Likewise. know you. And and I'll I'm going to be tracking this book and its success. So thank you so so much. Right back at you. Thank you so much for having me, Allison. As you know, it takes a village to make a podcast. So thanks to my team, including Max Cotter, my editor and technician, as well as the crew at H2O Digital. This podcast was recorded in Toronto, Canada. We acknowledge the land we are meeting on is the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat people, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit and Métis. We also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13 with the Mississaugas of the Credit. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.